0: My
1: name's Angela Slater, I am a writer of speculative fiction, mostly dark fantasy and horror, but I also dabble occasionally in science fiction.
0: This is the first episode of a series with author A.G. Slater. So you're based in Brisbane, Australia. You have a Master's of Art and a Ph.D. in Creative Writing. You're the graduate of Clarion South 2009 and the Tin House Summer Writers Workshop in 2006. In 2013, you were awarded one of the inaugural Queensland Writers Fellowships. You've won five Aurelius Awards, one British Fantasy Award, and a World Fantasy Award, as well as being a finalist for the Norma K. Hemming award you've written a number of genres such as fantasy and horror and you've written books on writing that's a full life now tell me how did all of Um. that get started
1: (laughs) (sighs) oh gosh um always been a huge reader would have loved to you know the dream was obviously to be a writer but you're never really encouraged to do that because your parents don't want you to starve (laughs) which is a very realistic um, fear uh but I just got to a point where I you know I had been scribbling my whole life and I thought I'd I'd like to give it a go for real you know before I um before I kicked the bucket Um, because it was um, a lot of, you know, a lot of different jobs in universities and private enterprise and none of them particularly satisfying uh, for the soul. So I quit a job as a manager of an MBA program in Sydney and moved back to Brisbane and spent six months writing everything I thought of and doing it very badly so novels and short stories and plays and screenplays and terrible terrible oh. poetry <laughs> and um I realized I needed training so I went off and did some university courses and was while I was studying I was writing and I was publishing at the same time so that kind of encouraged me really so there's yeah and I think I basically started my career in short stories and had a lot of those and it wasn't till about 2016 uh, 2014 that I had a a novel that I could show people without cringing (laughs) I had a contract for that and two others on um, in 2015 and the first one was published in 2016 and that was urban fantasy and I've just kept going, really.
0: <laughs> Put yourself back in the shoes of making that decision. Was there an inciting event, or was it sort of a, a pressure? What made you choose this?
1: Oh, oh. basically misery with life, I think, and, <laughs> and sort of. Um, I think you'll you'll hear a lot of writers say that they uh, they avoided writing for as long as they possibly could. <laughs> And I suppose I I kind of did that, but I just decided that I um yeah I, d- I did not want to be doing university administration anymore. I didn't want to be working with other people who ha- who wanted one thing, you know, in life when I wanted something else, and it just wasn't it just wasn't feeding anything in me, you know, heart or soul or mind. You go in, you do the same thing over and over. You have the same conversations, and it's not—it's not really fun. Uh-huh.
0: You know? <laughs>
1: so, um, so I just sort of—I had—I had very much gotten to the end of my my time in Sydney. I was there for four years, and I had actually moved there with the the idea that I needed a different kind of a life so I could write. And I was there for four years, and I didn't write a thing because I was busy working all the time and having my life get eaten. So <laughs> <laughs> So I think I just, I had enough.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. And, and you were mentioning, were you in college admissions? Is that what this admissions, one of your day jobs was, you said something about admissions. Yeah,
1: um, I, yeah I was I was managing the Master of Business Administration at the Australian Graduate School of Management in Sydney. So yes, so just sort of trying to keep students happy, you know, they've paid a, paid a lot of money for a course and um, they're generally not teenagers, you know, going straight into their first degree. They're there for postgraduate study and they have paid a lot of money, so they kind of do want particular kind of service and they're often fairly demanding (laughs) people at the best of times. So... (laughs) That was a bit of a challenge.
0: Ah, so you're among people who are changing their lives anyhow, and uh, you, were, you probably had some sort of like, um, well, we'll call it dissatisfaction or something. And, and so you're among, a, 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 it sounds like to me, like you were in an environment that was rife for change. <laughs>
1: <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah. That's kind of like how you were more recently when you made this big choice. But how was it like for you growing up as you?
1: As me, I was a tremendous nerd. I still am a tremendous nerd, you know. So I mean, congratulations. That's a, yeah, it's nice to be consistent. Um, yeah, huge reader, um, mostly reading rather than talking, not particularly into sport. So very much, yeah, the odd one out in the family, you know, Angela's reading. <laughs> But I, I was lucky my parents did encourage me in my reading and that kind of thing because they always knew where they could find me. It wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't disappearing anywhere. And I had some other relatives who were big readers and studiers as well. So, you know, so there were. it wasn't like I was the only person who was doing that. I had encouragement. Uh, you know, and I think, like a lot of us, it's more interesting to be in books than um, talking to people. <laughs>
0: Now, did you grow up in an urban setting or in a rural setting?
1: We moved around because my dad was a police officer. So we sort of started in an urban setting and we moved out to um, the Australian bush for a while, which was of cattle properties and as close as we get to Rolling Plains. So we were there for a while, and then we moved up to Cairns, which is a, sort of the northern part, and that's tropical rainforest. And we are there for a bit more, and then we moved back down to Brisbane, so wow. uh, to an urban setting, so around the place, pushed around mainly by Dad's job, which I think is... It gives you a taste for travel and a taste for something different. I certainly know with myself that I, I'm, I'm not really good at staying in one place for a long period. So COVID has been, a bit of a challenge as someone who normally used to travel four times a year.
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> it's still a bit twitchy.
0: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Did you connect easily as a child to other kids, or was that a difficult process? Uh, a huge number
1: i can talk to a lot of people but i don't know if i never if i necessarily felt close to a huge number of people you know and again shy child shy children don't really want to be playing sport they don't really want to be in the debating society (laughs) i was in the debating society but
0: you know (laughs) they trapped you in one of your trips (laughs) that's,
1: that's it very difficult and just learning how to talk to people was a challenge yeah so even even probably to my 20s and 30s it was still you know difficult but I think you get to a point where you realize that unless you're going to live on a mountaintop you uh, you, you have to deal with people <laughs> <laughs>
0: what, what what I see in my daughter she is in the uh, social anxiety, shy air uh, space for sure. And what I see her is she connects with people. She doesn't connect with, uh, if she connects well with somebody, there's a big shared interest. Did you, uh, did you find others who are like yourself to connect with? And did that, you know, have great friendships? Did you read the same books? That kind of thing.
1: Yeah. You, you find people in libraries. That's the thing. And that's where, that's where nerds run into each other. So, (laughs) um, but we, um, When we we lived in the outback, we lived in a place called Longreach. They had a really good local library, so that's that's definitely one of my my favourite memories. Was every week going into the library and swapping out the books, you know. And there are the jokes about the kids, you know, know, parents saying you've already got fifteen books, and it's like yes, but those are my emergency backup (laughs) books. I've got to have the other books. So uh, how many more? How many more can I get out? So that was that was the escape you know all of those books and and reading Madeline Lengles a Wrinkle in Time. That was, a, you know, we lived there when I read that one. And I read a lot of crime books. I read a lot of Trixie Belden and Nancy Drews. And that was probably where I did start, you know, sort of reading some of the old classic science fiction. I found Lawrence Jannifer's on the on the shelves. And I still have a copy of Joan D. Vinge's Eyes of Amber that I, I love. It's a hardcover, you know, that I found somewhere. Uh, yes. So, and that and fantasy
0: obviously because that's mostly what I write cool cool I love that part about the library sort of this the nexus for if you will nerds to meet other nerds because we have the <laughs> shared interest that, that's really cool I never uh, thought of it that way so that, <laughs> and I love your story about getting a stack of books especially I grew up in a rural area as well so there was usually a, anytime I went to a library I came I left with a good haul <laughs> yeah
1: absolutely absolutely it was and just just because books, are, they're treasures, you know, and their worlds. That's the other thing. They're, they're doorways. So keep being able to get out of yourself that way is so valuable.
0: Hey, you. Yeah, you. I'm talking to you with the headphones on who are listening to Sci-Fi Thoughts. You've been listening to the show for a while. You must be enjoying it because you keep coming back. Well, hey, help me out. Tell your friends, your family, other people who would like to listen to sci fi thoughts, give me a hand. Help me grow the show. So go ahead and right now, just send a text message, write an email, turn around and talk to the person next to you, and tell them about sci fi thoughts. They can find us via Google or they could type in sci fi thoughts.space. Check out the show notes. We've got some goodies there from A.G. Slater. Some videos of her doing work with other authors on the internets. You'll also find other things like her homepage and other things that come up during the show as well. Where are the show notes? They pop up right in your podcast player if you use one. If you're not using a podcast player, just go back to the website where you downloaded this MP3, and the show notes will be right there in the web page. Next episode More A.G. Slater. You mentioned a reading. What would you like to read?
1: Yeah, it is just a little tiny microfiction called A Monkey in the Hand and it's in just this teeny tiny book that I um, have out with a friend's small press called Red New Day and other micro fictions.
0: Can I pause on that title? It evokes a lot of things in my mind. I don't know if they're the right things though. Why is it called Red New Day?
1: <laughs> it's actually a lot of these are reimaginings of bad days in the life of uh, Greek women in mythology. Oh. so red new day is is when Helen is taken home to to Troy, right? To Troy. So it's all of those sort of things. Ah, you've got Cassandra and you've got Electra and you've got Clytemnestra and yeah, basically they're they're bad days.
0: They're really <laughs> bad days. <laughs>